Hi, I'm Matt Kierkegaard, and thanks to Bintani, this is a special edition of Radio Brews News, live from the West Australian Brewers Association Craft Brewers Conference. We often work with Bintani to bring live coverage of events such as GABS and also this conference to capture some of the conversations at these events that we wouldn't normally be able to get to. And this episode is a great example of why we like to do just that. The conference opened with a keynote from Two Birds co-founder Jane Lewis. Jane was over as she was the head judge for the Perth Royal Beer Show as well as giving the conference keynote. Having attended plenty of conferences, I'll be honest, I usually don't expect too much from a keynote beyond some of the usual state-of-the-industry platitudes, but I ran the tape recorder over this one just to grab some quotes, and I'm so glad that I did. Jane gave a keynote that addressed some of the biggest issues the industry has been grappling with over the last year or so in a way that made people both sit up and take notice, but also in a very supportive way. We didn't initially plan to broadcast the keynote, but it was a message that I think everyone should hear. And so we're going to play it for you now. Stay tuned afterwards as I also grab Jane for a bit more of a chat so we could talk through what she'd said and why it mattered right at this point of time. And I'll play that conversation after her keynote. Enjoy both parts of this special edition. Three women walk into a bar. A West Australian, a Queenslander, and a Victorian. They're celebrating, they're feeling fancy, they're feeling, uh, they're feeling great, so they decide they're gonna splash out, they're gonna buy a round of craft beer. So they check out what's pouring on tap. Uh, one of the decals from Dude Bros Brewing Company has a busty lady on the, uh, on the decal, so they decide that's just not really for them. Another is from a brewery called Hairy Beaver Brewery and it uh, doesn't really sound particularly appetising, so they decide to give that one a wide berth. They all like a pale ale, so they decide they're going to get a midi from uh, midi, where am I? Does that work? Yep. <laughs> Trotting Otter Brewery. Uh, they grab a seat, so they start having a chat, talking about their lives, talking about their families, talking about work, uh, and they each have a sip of the beer. They look at each other, and the West Australian says, does this beer seem, does this taste right to you? The Queenslander said, it tastes a bit like honey or does it taste like a Vegemite? The Victorian says, I don't, really, I don't really like it, but I'm not sure why. So they struggle through their mini and they decide that they don't like trotting on a brewery and that they don't actually want to drink craft beer tonight or maybe even ever. And they move on to wine or whiskey. Um, or maybe, you know, picture, it's a random Friday afternoon, you're tapping away at your computer, beer o'clock is coming, and you know that it's prime social media posting time. You come up with a hilarious meme. You chuckle to yourself and you hit post. Your views keep climbing, people are sharing your post at a rate that you've never seen before. Woohoo! Uh, then a not-so-supportive comment pops up, and then some negative comments start to come in. Some people are saying your meme is in bad taste while others are defending your post. And then the floodgates open and you have all out war on your page. People are calling each other names. Some people are saying that everyone needs to lighten up. Someone drops the uh, inevitable snowflake comment. Uh, you've gone viral, but not good viral. You've gone bad viral. Some people are offended and even hurt by what you've written. 
So you remove the post, but it's too late. The damage has been done. It's been picked up by mainstream media, and an article comes out that the craft beer industry is sexist, homophobic, racist. So one mean can damage a brand and shine a spotlight on our industry for exactly the kind of things we're working hard to avoid. Look, the brewing industry is a community, right? Our companies are all interconnected. So the actions of one brewery has a ripple effect that impacts the whole industry, both from a quality and a social standpoint. So as a community, we're all responsible for each other here. So Jamie Cook, recently from the IBA, so IBA chair, had a comment to say about the fact that it's disappointing to see ongoing examples of packaging and marketing activities that have been released without thought to the impact on the members of our community. He continues that all members of our industry have a joint responsibility in maintaining a reputation as responsible brewers. So the actions of one brewer can have an impact, that reputation, that impact on the reputation of all brewers, and these examples aren't helpful in terms of building our credibility as an industry. So, what is this community? What does it mean to us? What causes us all to come along to events like this and the awards ceremony tonight? Is it so that we can hang out and drink beer? Yes, absolutely. <laughs> um, but it's definitely deeper than that. So some of the reasons that, some of the great reasons why people become part of a community is for inspiration and motivation, for shared lessons and advice, for contacts, for opportunities, jobs, collabs, all that kind of stuff. Um, so this conference and the awards ceremony tonight took all, tick all of these boxes and give us a sense of connection and belonging. Doesn't it, right? Um, so much of that, so much of what I personally love about our brewing community is the inclusivity and the welcoming nature of it. Have an issue that you need to work through, give your mate a call if they've been through it, then they're more than, usually more than welcome to, or more than happy to help you out. Looking for a job, get a mate to connect you with a brewery that you're interested in. Travelling the world and looking for someone to hang out with. Honestly, I've been open, I've been welcomed with open arms into breweries all around the world. What starts as a tour and a few beers often ends in dinner, a night out, and sometimes even hooning around the streets of Shanghai with three people on the back of a scooter. <laughs> it makes for some great stories and some fantastic memories as well. So how do each of us hold up our side of the bargain as good community citizens? What are some of the things that we can do? So I want to talk about uh, quality in our own backyards, so in our own companies. So obviously we've just had the Perth Royal Beer Show this week. Um, the role of shows like that is a platform for you to be able to put your beers forward and have them reviewed by panels of people who know what they're talking about. Personally, I know I've had occasions where, look, I've got the feedback back from judging and uh, I've been like, these people have no clue what's going on. Um, my beer doesn't taste like that, but I've checked my ego, had a little talk to myself, actually sat down with my beer with an open mind and have actually found the issue that the judges have picked up. Um, Cellar palate is real, my friends. Um, we all spend a lot of time trying our own beers and can sometimes be blind to issues that exist. So that's why competitions are invaluable. When you receive your Perth Royal Beer Show feedback in the next few weeks, you might find some merit, like I have in the past, in putting your ego aside and really taking in the information uh, that you receive. We all have things that we can work on and uh, we all have room for improvement, right? Uh, so there's also personal feedback. So I'm not standing here saying that my company is perfect or has been, hasn't been without its issues. Uh, far from it. 
So I rely on the feedback that I get from my brewer mates um, to let me know if they're drinking one of my beers in trade and they pick up an issue. Sometimes it does come as a midnight phone call or, or text, but um, <laughs> however you get it, the information is always helpful and allows me to kind of investigate and keep an eye on what's going on. So in, we've talked about a lot about external stuff and then what actually happens inside the company. Um, so for us, recently we've just had to push back the release of two different products, which just occurs. Uh, we had the sales team breathing down the neck of the brewery, um, just desperate for the stock, obviously wanting to get it out and into the world. We had to make a difficult decision to push back the release as the product was just not up to up standard. So in our brewery we have a decision-making hierarchy. Uh, we have a decision-making hierarchy and it goes like this. So safety first, above all else. So the question I always ask myself is, will anyone be injured or die if we do or do not make the product? So obviously I always want this answer to be no. Um, you know, the sales team may act like they're gonna die if they don't get the product, but I haven't actually seen that happen yet. <laughs> Um, and then quality and consistency. So I'm always asking myself, does this batch of beer meet my quality standards from an analytical standpoint and from a sensory standpoint? Is the beer that we're about to put out, is it consistent with the hallmarks of that style? So does it taste like every batch of parallel? Does it taste like every batch of taco? Whatever else. Um, and of course, does it comply with legal requirements? Um, if it doesn't satisfy any of these criteria, then we just wouldn't release the product. So personally, we would prefer to be out of stock than release a beer that we aren't happy with. So for us, supply is, is actually the third, uh, the third thing. Um, so it may not seem like much, and it's probably second nature to, to a lot of you and, and probably a process that you work through without even realising it. Um, but for us, when we find when the pressure is really on and you're in this, you're in that quite stressful situation, um, when you're in the heat of the moment, we find that simple process, like working through that, can really help us to uh, sort the wheat from the chaff. Alright, so why is quality so important to us? Obviously there is reputational damage. Obviously everyone's probably, uh, can maybe think of a brewery that they potentially don't drink their beers anymore. They may have had an experience where, where you know, they had a number of beers that, that were not up to standard, so you might stay away from that. Um, and while that, while reputational damage is real, there is also an often a true dollar cost as well. So the what is often underestimated is the true cost of a product issue that goes one step further and results in a recall. Picture that product has gone out, it's in pack, it's gone into Dan Murphy's, and you've got a recall. So not only do you have the cost of the beer, but you'll get whacked with a recall fee, fee as well, and the cost can just add up and mount into the many tens of thousands of dollars. So it's recently happened to some of our large brewers um, who have you know, all the bells and whistles. They've got the sophisticated equipment, they've got a team of gun chemists, strong QA and QC protocols, and yet these things still take place. So it's just a really great reminder for all of us that None of us are immune to this, um, and we do need to be constantly vigilant. Okay, social media. Honestly, I wish I had more to say about this. Um, I wish I had more experience, could speak with more experience about this topic, topic, but as far as I can see, it comes down to four little words. Don't be a dick. 
<laughs> Whether you look after social media yourself or have someone who looks after it for you, set some guidelines around what is acceptable content, think about your tone, think about the vibe, your brand, your values, and the message that underlies everything you do. And just try not to be a dick. So, the responsibility. Brewing is a community, uh, and in my opinion, it's the absolute best community. So we have a responsibility to each other here. So part of being a good community member is calling things out when you see that something's not right. We need to be the community who steps up and calls out fear and behaviour that's not in line with the community we want to be a part of. So this may be some respectful and constructive feedback to a brewer if their beers aren't up to scratch, or commenting on something that's been posted on social media if it is distasteful, racist, homophobic, sexist, promoting binge drinking or anything that shows our industry in a negative light. We need to be ready to have challenging and thoughtful conversations for the greater benefit of our community. We're all in this together uh, and it's exciting to see where the industry is going and where, where we can take it. Um, and through thoughtful and inclusive actions, we need to, yeah, we need to be having thoughtful and inclusive actions on the way we present our business and our story. Jane, thank you very much for joining us on Radio Brews News live from the Western Australian Craft Brewers Conference. So good to be here. Isn't it? it hasn't it been an amazing event? I think it's the first time they've actually done the um, Brewers Conference, and it's just been so well attended with such a great, you know, a great feeling. Oh, it's fabulous! They've done such a good job with with getting it done. Um, so yeah, to be uh, yeah to be applauded, that's for sure. Now you were the head judge of the awards that are going to be presented tonight. How did you come to be in, in, involved in that? <laughs> well, uh, so Justin Fox did it last year, um, and his wife has just given birth, and so he wasn't going to be able to make it. And uh, I'm not entirely sure why, but he contacted me and said, "Hey, do you want to do this thing?" And I've never done the chief judging before, so I jumped at it, and uh, yeah, I've been really enjoying it. Awesome. Now the reason I wanted to. to uh, chat to you uh, is this is coming at the end of our um, replay of your keynote that you gave at the uh, to, to open the craft brewers uh, presentation earlier this morning and I really thought that you hit some very important issues that the industry needed to hear but also you did it in a, in a really supportive um, positive way um, what was your thinking when you when you and everyone's heard that now mm. so, so what was your thinking when you gave that were you told what to speak about or that was entirely your choice uh yeah it was entirely my choice um we didn't there was no topic um given to me look for me it's a really important thing and i and i don't you know we all have the understand the positive aspects of being part of a community and i guess the part that i really wanted to call out was just the the responsibility that comes with that um and you know the things that we do that impact each of us and impact each other's businesses and and yeah what I guess being a good community member is all about and and just the things to be aware of I love the little analogy that you opened it with you know sort of uh, you know three women walking into a bar and there was just nothing for them to like for a whole range of reasons and I guess you could broaden that out you know much more broadly than that but it was something that we you know, had people sitting back in their chairs saying, you know, you know, if the shoe fits, kind of. Was that your intent? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, look, I, I, I kind of was trying to work out how I could bring in that, um, you know, those aspects. So, 
a little bit about branding, a little bit around um, around you know branding, marketing, and then most importantly the, the the beer quality and the fact that you know we are dealing with a with a market who a lot of people don't have a lot of understanding about what it is we do. You know, obviously we we all speak amongst ourselves and and we're you know quite educated, but we are dealing with a with a market who largely just likes to drink beer and and that's the way they use it. They use it when they're just hanging around, they're chatting about their family. It's not the focus for a lot of people. It's it's a side side dish almost. Um, <laughs> yeah, so I just wanted to, I guess, highlight who we're actually dealing with and, and what we look like from an outside perspective. I, I, I think I first met you when you were brewing at Mountain Goat back in, what, 2005, 2006, you were, back, you were there? Uh, yeah, that would be about, I moved to Melbourne 12 years ago, so, yep. So, yeah, 2007. Um, do you think industry has changed? Have we gotten better over that time? Or is are we seeing such a growth of the industry and so many people coming into it that we're making some of the same mistakes? Or, you know, how is industry travelling, do you think? Yeah, look, I think there has been growth, but I also think we've regressed a little bit as well. I mean, obviously, we've had some pretty serious um, sort of incidents happen within the last you know, 12 to 18 months. And um, I think, yeah, with the growth, I think a lot of people, I don't know, this is all stuff that my brewing mates and I knew, you know, this was all the sorts of things that we spoke about and we all understood how we were connected to each other and, and, and how we were all related. And I don't know if as we're growing, that message has necessarily been kind of transferred across and so it was just something to me that I thought was just really important to to be able to get out um, and I just wanted to say something with some um, I don't know some substance and I yeah wanted to get across something that's really important to me. Look and I can only say that the reason I wanted to have a chat to you is because I think you did that and you did it with uh, like a, a real insight and sensitivity um, to it but it was it, it had people sort of sitting there listening and when, when you hear back um, there, there wasn't a lot of noise going on. There, there wasn't a lot of coughing. There wasn't a lot of chattering away that you, you often hear at, at these things. So I, I, I think you did it uh, yeah, really well. So congratulations. So um, now, what, what's next for Two Birds? So you, you, you're both over here. You and um, uh, Danielle. Yeah. Um, so, so what's happening for you guys? So we'll finish on a, a positive note. <laughs> um, yeah. No. Look. Uh... I guess we're doing a lot of um, consolidation, you know, so obviously we've just changed up our, our product range, um, so Golden Ale going out, um, IPA and cider coming in, so we've got all sorts of stuff happening on that side of things. There, and was, a little, there was a little tear for me when Golden Ale left, and it's, you know, it, 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 it's one of those things, and we actually um, did, did a story on it, because it's, there aren't many Golden Ales left. No, and it's a sad one, I mean, you know, we were obviously sad to see it go as well, but um, sales were just declining and, and at one point in time, you know, you just kind of need to make a call. The market's moving in a different direction and as much as we would love it to to stay and forever and ever and, and you know, a lot of people expressed their, their sadness around it as well. Um, so I know it was well loved, but it, not necessarily the beer that a lot of people were actually picking up. So I guess it's like your favourite restaurant, right? If you love it but you don't go there, then can't survive and I, and I think that that's a little bit the same way you know it's a you do people vote with their with their wallets 
Um, so <laughs> if they don't buy the beer, then it, it uh, just doesn't become viable to keep going with it. And how do we address that? We saw in February this year that this, globally there was a move by, and it was, it was some older beer writers led the, uh, the, the flagship February month trying to celebrate brewery flagships and remind people that in, in this very eclectic, um, you know, attention-grabbing world that there are beers that we would be very sad if, they, if, if, if we lost them. Yes. How, how, how do we balance those classic beers but then also giving the public, you know, their, their ever-changing demands? Look, it's a, it's a hard one to kind of... Hard to know. I don't know. I don't necessarily know the answer to it. I mean, it is... We do have the culture of the new with people wanting to try new and exciting things, and that's fabulous. Um, and there's also obviously still so many people who just walk into their local, you know, big box retailer or whatever, buy by the six-pack, buy whatever's on special, you know, might have their X number of beers that they, they buy, buy whatever's on special and, and sort of be done with it. So we've obviously got probably two quite different markets um, on the go and, and there's different people supporting them. But, but yeah, it's, people don't buy them, then they go away. <laughs> <laughs> and it's, it's, it's what keeps us uh, alive, isn't it, so trying to keep up with uh, everything. Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, so, so uh, that was a bit of a digression. So, what's what's next for uh, Two Birds? Yeah. So, obviously, brand changing, um, beer changing, starting to learn, trying to remind myself how to make cider. Um, after you know, fifteen years of the last time I gave it a bash. So, was yeah, that little creatures. It was little creatures. Okay, little creatures. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So, I did the first batches of Pipsqueak. Um, and uh, trying to remember all of that. Um, yeah, so that's kind of, that's a good good fun. Just lots of new, so, you know, we're doing all these new beers, so two limited, a limited release every two weeks. Um, just trying to keep up with, you know, people wanting to chat and, you know, good for us as well. So we've got a barrel-aged uh, Belgian double that we put in in October into Oak that's going to come out soon and... Russian Imperial Stout and just making all... We're in our dark phase. If we were, if we were an artist, winter. we would be in our, <laughs> we'd be in our dark phase. Doing it a, a seasonal every two weeks. Yeah. Do brewers actually make money out of that or is that just about staying relevant and supporting the beers that you do make money from? It's a little, a little bit of making money. We've found the limited release program has been really well supported. So, you know, it does do a good thing for us and we know that those beers will sell quickly. Um... So it's good from a cash flow perspective. Um, so, and look, it is definitely a relevance and it's a front of mind um, and all of that kind of stuff. So um, it does have double bang effect for us and that, yes, it does bring in cash and, um, and yeah, actually is a good thing for, for the punters. Is this what you signed up for when you <laughs> first got into brewing? Uh, look, probably not, no. I... Um, I guess also running a company is very different to um, running a, well, being a brewer. So I came into this whole thing as a brewer and, you know, I do a lot of the recipes for the limited release stuff, but, you know, I don't do the the hands-on brewing anymore. Um, I am a bit more removed from it and, and... you know, you're effectively your manager, and I didn't have any real background in that. So I'm effectively learning a whole new skill set 
in in all of this, which is which is good. You know, I love a challenge. I wouldn't have done this if I if I didn't love a challenge. But yeah, it's quite it is quite different to, to what I had expected. Where are you learning from? Is it is it learning by doing, or have you gone off and done additional study? Are there people you call on? Yeah, learning by doing. Um, I have a, a business coach as well that I work with, um, so she helps me, you know, with techniques for managing people and then also techniques for managing myself um, through it as well because, um, you know, obviously with 20 people who report to me um, or who are physically in my space and, and everything like that, it's quite a, um, it has quite an impact on, you know, your mental health. You've got to make sure that you are um, looking after yourself so that you can look after everybody else in amongst all of it so um, yeah it's uh, it's intense it's definitely something that, that I've found I needed to actively work at to stay at my best. Are there any tips you can give the rest of us? Any tips? <laughs> <laughs> Did, for, for example do you go to as many beer dinners and beer festivals and beer weeks as you used to because they are such a huge time sink and also they, they they leave a dent um, in, in your health. Yeah, oh, look, I've always found them to be quite intense. So probably one of my big things these days is boundaries. So I have had to set some pretty strong boundaries around how much work I will do, timing of it. I need to make sure I leave myself time and I do things that you know fill me up and make me happy and, and whatever else so that I can come to work and be the best version of me. So I have... Simple things for me like going for a walk in the morning with my husband and my dog, great connection, a little bit of exercise, yoga for me has been an absolute lifesaver. Um, yeah, those are the things I just focus on being grateful. So I often just write down things that I'm grateful for because um, it just helps me to focus on, on those sorts of things and it's as simple as, you know, I'm grateful for my dog and I'm grateful to go for a walk at the end of the day and get a chai or whatever else. So I just focus on really little things to, to just keep my positivity up. Were, were they things that when you founded Two Birds with Danielle that you thought of, you know, how you would manage, you know, once you've got the brand and then you've got the brewery, how you manage the me? No, gosh, no. That was never never anything that was, that was thought of and... and you know, I guess, obviously as well, when you're doing new things, it's, you know, we started out, contract brewed, then we got the brewery and then we started doing this, that and the other thing and then we got the bottling line and, and whatever else. So it's actually um, managing yourself through that for me is easier than maybe in more kind of status quo time where you don't, you know, people ask me what the next big thing is, it's like, we're status quo for a bit, you know, like, and, and that's a good thing, but it's it can be a bit more challenging to sort of keep flowing and keep kind of working on that. So, no, I'd never had any of that at all. So that's been a really big learning for me that, yeah, I have to look after myself and, um, yeah, in order to be better for the people around me, for my family and for my staff as well. There's, there's a thing that we've been hearing a lot of recently called founders fatigue where people who start the business they drive it but then there comes a point that you know not only is financial capital um, a, a depleting resource but so is emotional and you know enthusiasm capital 
Um, is that something that you have experienced since you've opened Two Birds? Oh, look, personally, yeah. Look, I've um, and I've definitely suffered from from burnout at different points in my career as well. So I think they're to me a bit a bit tied in. Um, you know, I've still got I've got six months worth of holiday accumulated, which means you know <laughs> I haven't really had a holiday in the eight years that um, that we've been running the business. So. Being able to get away is is challenging, so being able to then kind of refuel is is tough. So it is. It's. I'm not going to lie. It's tiring. Um, and yeah, it's um, it's great when you've got a good team who can you know support you and and start to take some of the pressure off, which is a bit where we're at right now. Um, yeah, it's. I, I don't know that I ever knew how tough running a business was going to be. Um, and I wouldn't change it for the world, but it teaches you a lot about a lot about yourself and a lot about the people around you as well. Do you look a little bit jealously at Ben Krause, who's managed to engineer things and he's taking a 12-month sabbatical to live in Austria, um, take his kids over there, and, and very much as a sabbatical. And, you know, he's, he's worked towards that, put the structures in place so he can leave for 12 months and know that things will hopefully tick on without him. Mm. Yeah, that, uh, that's the dream. <laughs> <laughs> you, you got very wistful when I was talking about that. <laughs> I went a long way away. <laughs> Where did you go? Oh, I don't specifically know. I think I went to the beach. I think I was uh, sitting at the beach in uh, somewhere down Mornington Peninsula Way, I reckon. So. <laughs> oh, not a warm beach like in Queensland. No, no, no. Just a, I quite like a, du- a dark, stormy beach. So. <laughs> oh, Jane Lewis, thank you very much. And once again, congratulations on your keynote. And uh, hopefully everyone enjoyed it as much as I did. Awesome. Thank you so much. And that was Jane Lewis. We thank Bintani for working with us to provide you with the best industry event coverage. Let them work for you by providing you with the best ingredients. Don't forget, if you like what we do at Radio Brews News, you can help us out in a number of ways. You can sponsor the show, either by a small monthly contribution or through a one-off donation. You can find details in the show notes. You can review our podcast on iTunes or your favourite podcasting service. Let us know what you think and help others discover the show. Finally, you can tell us directly what you think by sending an email to producer at bruisenews.com.au.